0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Wide Array of Sports Takes. I'm Andrew DeStefano. You can find me at SportsGuru716 on Twitter or at WideArrayOfSportsTakes.wordpress.com. As I say every episode, I post daily football and hockey content right now, mainly fantasy football. And as I said, hockey content. 31 and 31 days going on. I will cover the Ottawa Senators today. um, And also go over my Week 13 fantasy football rankings. It's kind of a weird week, obviously, with the um, Steelers and Ravens playing yesterday, and the rankings coming out today when we don't know really the injury reports from that game. So, I would say it's imperative to look at my rankings again on Saturday and Sunday to have a better idea of what you're doing going into this week. Obviously, it is going to be a three day week again with a game on th- Tuesday. So, you know, you got to kind of approach that Baltimore Dallas game on Tuesday as if it's a Monday night football game in a normal week and you know a plan accordingly on how you want to approach it especially with their covid situation that's kind of reflected in my rankings which i'll lightly go over as i said i mean it doesn't um you know it it doesn't do it a lot of justice especially with the uh steelers and ravens players but also with covid it's kind of a a mess on who you know who's playing and who's not you you've got a respect COVID big time when it comes to fantasy if you want to succeed this year so let's go over this real fast kind of you know some notable things so quarterback obviously I have three tiers here right now um that middle tier with Mullins and Locke that's my 50-50 tier and then below that is the tier of quarterbacks that I would call quarterback purgatory usually I have four tiers of quarterbacks here but with COVID we really don't know who's playing and who's not um will RG3 play or will Lamar Jackson play? It's you know it remains to be seen. Will Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy play? It remains to be seen because it is Thursday. Running back wise, I've got a similar situation. If you notice, my top tier is only 34. Usually it's about 40. Um my 50-50 tier is quite bigger this week. You know, it's almost um eight, 10, eight to ten players. And it's going to kind of clear up because you've got Miles Gaskin, who's still on IR. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, Jonathan Taylor is on COVID list. We don't know if he's going to play. J.K. Dobbins, same thing as Taylor. So those three are going to be the guys that you would see rise in the instance that they play or not. So you should keep an eye on those guys. Right now I would approach it as a 50-50 whether they're going to play or not, especially with waivers coming up. Maybe you look at a guy like um, Matt Breida or – I already have Hines on here, and Jordan Wilkins is also in that 50-50 territory because if Taylor doesn't play, Wilkins has some value. I mean, yesterday I went over kind of how that goes. I mean, he he didn't do well with his rushing stats, but he did catch four balls out of the backfield. And that was a big deal because Jordan Wilkins usually isn't that guy. It's usually only Hines. So for that to happen, maybe Wilkins does have a little more value than we thought. Um Daryl Henderson's on here. Really don't know what's going to happen with him, with Cam Akers. I have Cam Akers higher. I have him 33 in the, you know, definite starting or consider to put in your flex range, which I I mean is usually my first tier. Um, Even a guy like Duke Johnson is sitting at 21. Usually he's a little higher than that. But because David Johnson has a chance to play right now, I have to respect that. And Duke Johnson I would have just outside of RB2 range right this second. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, even Todd Gurley, 45, he might play, he might not leaning towards not. That's why he's in the bottom tier. I would put him under 50, 50, but if he does play, obviously Brian Hill would drop out of 42 and Ido Smith would drop out of 47. Maybe Hill goes where Smith is wide receivers. It's a big deal. Wide receiver is almost, um hurt most by the two bye weeks with tampa and carolina you're looking at six wide receivers that were on my top 50 last week that are not here this week that provide an opportunity for denver wide receivers to have a chance to return after last week's debacle but same thing as running backs i have only 33 wide receivers in the top you know considering your flex right now territory because waivers still have to go on i mean I would only say these 33 guys are definitely people you should consider. And then they got the middle tier. I mean, Adam Thielen. He's probably going to play. But how well is he going to play? We don't know. Um, What the situation in Minnesota is really like? So I have him 34th. He'll probably rise on Saturday. Brandon Ayuk is probably going to play. So I could see him moving up from 35. But Debo Samuel probably gets hurt by that. He's 19th. Justin Jefferson. I have eighth he probably gets hurt by Adam Thielen if Adam Thielen I believe is 100% going to play which Saturday I'm leaning that way but I'm not committed yet now you see guys like Jerry Judy he's here because Denver's going to play how well they're going to play we don't know um Tim Patrick's on this list also how well is he going to play he's in my you know definite to consider and flex territory I have him in the league so I mean I'm honestly considering it you know to take that for what you will And yeah, so, oh, I have an error on here. I got to fix after I'm done. Um, Tight ends. Tight ends, pretty self-explanatory like it is every week. There's about 20 tight ends that are clearly above five other ones, six other ones. And in this case, it's five. Um, Zach Ertz might play. If he plays, obviously he goes up. Dallas Godert goes down. I could see Saturday one of these Rams tight ends being off of this list once we find out who's definitely going to play. Um, and Saturday, I also do your, my pick your poison segment. Luckily this week for my pick your poison, you luckily get all games as an option for the pick your poison segment. Obviously last week was harder for most people because there were four teams out of the equation this week. It's only, um, the bye week teams, obviously. So you have 15 games worth of, you know, matchups to consider in your flex, which I will help with on Saturday. Like I said, in my pick your poison segment. And yeah, tight, like I said, tight ends is very self-explanatory. I mean, there's only six elite tight ends. And then Hurst is definitely a solid play. E Brown's solid play and Schultz is 16th. And he's, I mean, I, I love Dalton Schultz as a tight end too. I think that, you know, expected points, eight to 10 points uh, every, every week. And, uh, that's, it's hard to turn down. So that is the rankings. I mean, the, Steelers-Ravens game sucked yesterday. I mean, both teams played abysmal. The Steelers should be, you know, really kicking themselves because they played so poorly. Um, I know they got pushed back a few weeks, but, I mean, not a few weeks, but a few days. But the Ravens were playing a third-string quarterback at the end of the game. So, it kind of goes to show you where the Ravens were at in the game. Um, the wide receivers all did their thing for the Steelers. Ebron had a good day. The running backs left a little bit to be desired. Ravens-wise, wide receivers, I mean, Marquise Brown had a big touchdown, but outside of that, they did nothing as normal. And Justice Hill did okay. Gus Edwards left a little bit on the table. I mean, the rushing wasn't really there for the Ravens, obviously. I mean, against the Steelers' defense, but at the same time, that is their bread and butter, and RG3 had the best run of the day, which is a shame. I mean, that was the bright spot of the day for me, was seeing RG3 make that, like, 40-yard run and me being like, You know, yeah, he's not as fast as he used to be, but that was like, oh, that's RG3. That's the RG3 from a a decade ago, almost, that we are so, you know, happy about. But it's a shame next play came up lame with a tweaked hamstring, it looked like. So, you know, obviously with the injuries and things like that, that's another deal entirely. If Lamar can't play, RG3 can't play, you're going to see Trace McSorley on my purgatory list. He's going to be at the bottom. So, 31-31 and NHL teams, Ottawa Senators today. I have them at the bottom of the league. League worst, 31st. That's the bottom in the Atlantic division. They made a lot of moves this offseason. A few signings. I list the three one-way contract signings that they made in free agency that weren't already on their team. Obviously, they added Josh Brown through a trade before free agency opened and signed him, but I'm not going to put him here. Um... Good Branson was a trade. Austin Watson was a trade. Logan Shaw was a tr- uh, signing, but his contract is not you know, one way. So it's not listed here. I have them at 30th in cap efficiency. I mean, they signed Gail Chenyuk to a good deal. They had to pay Dad a lot of money to get him. And that's why that tr- you know contract looks the way it does. Matt Murray, obviously the best goalie in free agency this year. And I mean, they traded for him because the Penguins didn't want to sign him. But I do think out of the 15 contracts, it right now is looking like the 13th most efficient contract to a goalie. That's a lot of money for a goalie when compared to the deals that other goalies got, like Mike Smith or um, even Cam Talbot. I don't mean, I don't know where I have Cam Talbot, but I know that. Let me just look here. Open up my spreadsheet that I have. I mean, Matt Murray's contract does not look that great compared to, you know, Mike Smith, Henrik Lundqvist. Um, I mean, I didn't even get to Lundqvist, but Lundqvist is high on my list of great, good contracts. Gorgiev's contract in the end was good, and I haven't gotten to that yet. But Corey Crawford and he had a better deal. Jacob Markstrom and Cam Talbot had better deals. I mean, there's really no excuse for what Ottawa, I mean, Ottawa paid a lot of money. He's younger. And this is comparable to Jacob Markstrom's deal. But Markstrom is better. So this deal's not that great for Ottawa, in my opinion. Especially with Marcus Hochberg at number two, who is you know being projected out as his career goes forward as like a Markstrom kind of goalie, you know, a late bloomer. Depth chart, there's a lot of fun players here. Um Kachuk, Stutzel, um, Logan Brown, Colin White, Drake Batherson. I mean, there's a lot of young players. I have five lines listed here because there are three veteran um, players that you could see starting in this Ottawa Senators lineup with guys like Batherson and Balsers down in uh, Belleville. So that's kind of how I feel about that. They are deep, though, at the prospect level, obviously being as bad as they have been for as long as they have. Formanton's good. Um, J.C. Boudin is good. Um, they added Matt Pekka for a little bit of veteran presence down there. But in my opinion, the s- little Senators have a lot of prospects, and the big Senators have lots to look forward to, you know, years down the road. Obviously, this year, not so much. I mean, 31st is the flo- floor. I could see them, you know, getting up to 25th, maybe, but not any better than that. They're not a playoff team. Defensemen, they had a good Branson, Mike Riley, and Josh Brown. I think that you're looking at a defensive core that's in flux. Long-term, this defensive core, uh, they didn't add Mike Riley. Um, Shabbat, Brandstrom, that's your future. Wollinen, that's your future. Zub, way down, Zub or Zub, I mean Zub. Way down in Belleville this year. Maybe he gets up in the NHL level as their seventh defenseman, but I don't know. I think that there's not a lot of room here for him to fit on the right side. I mean, they didn't trade for Gumbranson for no reason. I didn't sign Josh Brown for no reason. sub's going to play. So, and Christian Yaros is, you know, a veteran guy that has NHL experience. I think all these guys play over Zub at first. Left side, I mean, LaJoy is a kid down in um Belleville. They don't have a lot on the left side down there. So maybe they end up making a trade and trade one of these right side defensemen. I'm sure they want to get rid of Zaitsev's contract, but it's hard. But they have a little bit of work to do defensively if they want to do well. I mean, and that's another reason why Matt Murray's contract isn't that good, in my opinion. I mean, I don't think this team's going to prevent many up, you know, high danger scoring chances for the opposition, and Matt Murray can't save the day. So I think they still lose games four to two um, three to one and things like that. And I mean, that means you wasted six point three million dollars on a goalie because you're not gonna make the playoffs with this team and compete with this team. Hogberg is the backup, Joey DeCord is the third guy. Um, I mean goaltending, I mean Hogberg long term looks okay, but otherwise I don't like what they have at Belleville. So really all this team has is some forwards long term. And they probably should start dumping some. I mean, Logan Brown, he's getting to that point in his career. Maybe it's time to trade him. Colin White, same thing. Because you have Josh Norris down there. You have Formanton. You have Bathurston. You have guys that can play in these places. And at the moment, um, you have holes to fill at the defensive level and at the goalie level in the system. So they're 31st. Tomorrow is the Flyers. I think Flyers, Penguins, I, I, I don't know if I'm, I think I'm doing Sharks, then Blues. So that should be the end of the week. Um, thank you for listening to today's podcast, The Wide array of Sports Takes. If you liked it, like it, share it, retweet it, do whatever. If you have any takes that are different than mine, send them my way and I'll look at them and address them tomorrow. Any criticism, I take criticism because that's the only way to make this better. And yeah, so thank you for listening and I hope you come back tomorrow for more content.